0: The following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Peter chapter 3, let's look at verse 1. The Bible says this second epistle. You know what? You know what you need to do. You just need to move here, so I'll remember your name. Wow, what a reason to move to North Dakota. Whoa. Okay, 2 Peter 3 and 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you be uh, uh, mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles, the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of of his coming, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that <clears throat> then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word kept in store, re- reserved under fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. My main text is chapter, chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that, th- that uh, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. I'd like to preach on the subject this morning, the scoffers of the last days, the scoffers of the last days. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, uh, as we come before you, Father, Lord, even as we sang this morning, I need thee every hour, Father, I need thee this morning. God, help me to preach thy word and, Father, to communicate the truth of it. And, Father, Lord, help us to to see this matter, to understand it. And, Lord, I pray if there's someone in this room who may be guilty of this, God, help them. God, have mercy on them. Help them to see the problem and do something about it. Father, Lord, have your way in every heart. Glorify yourself in in every response. And again, we pray for those who are sick. And again, Father... I'd ask before heaven that you'd help my mom. God bless us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, the scoffers of the last day. Now here in a text, the Apostle Peter is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, concerning the scoffers of the last days. The word scoffers means those who mock, deride, reproach, and ridicule with contempt uh, towards an object, person, or group. We see that kind of thing going on in our world today where people are one group is scoffing and another they're deriding them they're treating them with contempt and what have you scoffers have been around if you will uh, for some times as it's as is evident even in our day look with me to proverbs 1 and verse 20 proverbs chapter 1 and uh, verse 20. it's a problem where there's human beings where there's men there are going to be scoffers. In the Proverbs 1, looking at the verse 20, the Bible says, Wisdom, Proverbs 1, and we'll begin in verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city she uttereth her words, saying, now, again, wisdom is like unto a woman, uh, If you will, maybe even a virgin, what have you? But it says, she says this: How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. As scorners have been with us, and will continue to be with us. The Bible speaks much of it. Proverbs three, and verse thirty-four. Proverbs chapter three. And verse thirty-four. Bible says, surely he scorneth the scorners, but giveth grace unto the lowly. God is not pleased with those who scorn, and often it's because they're scorning him and what is true. Look with me to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. Look beginning in verse 18. Isaiah chapter 5. And beginning in verse 18. Here the Bible says, Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were with a cart rope. Let uh, say, let him make speed and hasten his work, that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh, and come that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, uh, put, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, we see that kind of thing going on in our world today. Those that seem to mock at sin, those that seem to mock God, and those that represent God and morality where they would mock us if we speak out against things like homosexuality, or if you will, this gender re-identification nonsense and all the abortion, you name it, folks. You know, uh, they would call us evil for speaking out against their, Ill, their real evil and call evil good. Treating it as if it's an okay and a right thing, and it's not. Yet we see them scorning. Let's go on to read on here. He says here, <clears throat> verse 21, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And let me say this, there's many in our world today that are doing, and that's the spirit of a scoffer. Imagine they know better than anybody else, and that their way is right and God's way is foolish. Woe well, unto them that are mighty to drink wine, even it says, men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the uh, the wicked for reward and take away the righteous righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff, So their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom uh, shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the uh, the word of the Holy One of Israel. And folks, many are are despising and and mocking the word of God and the the morality of God and the truth of God and those that profess to be Christians. You know, it's getting to the place that, uh, you know, if you stand up as a Christian and you vocalize your disapproval, or you're, you're disgust with the sin that's going on in our country. You know, the, the, the liberals are for free speech as long as it's them that have the right to speak the way they want to speak. They don't want us who are Christian people, those that have genuine biblical morality, speaking out, out against their immoral behavior. They'd like to take away our freedom. And folks, you know, what? Let me, let me remind you of something. I, we're Christians first and Americans second. They may take away our freedom as Americans, but they can never take away our freedom as Christians. And as, a, as God is my witness by the grace of God, I will stand to proclaim the Word of God even if they take away my physical freedom. They cannot take away our right and our freedom in Christ to preach the Word of God and to tell people What is right and what is... You know, God is an absolute God. There are some things that are absolutely wrong. And there are some things that are absolutely right. You say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says so. God has already determined that which is right and that which is wrong. All we have to do is listen to God. Amen? And follow the Lord. If you will, Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Many other scoffers have been and are, even in our day, in Matthew 27... Jesus encountered them himself. God in the flesh encountered the scoffers on a very personal level. Matthew 27, as we read in Sunday school, we'll read again. In Matthew 27 and 39, the Bible says, As he hung upon the cross of Calvary, uh, and they that passed by reviled him. They're scoffing at him. Reviled him, wagging their heads. You ever had somebody look at you and shake their head like, you dumb fool? Folks, Christ experienced that on a very personal level as he hung on the cross of Calvary, already a bloody mess. Hanging there, nailed to the cross of Calvary, and nailed there for even those that mocked him. You know, God loved even those that nailed him to the cross, of, the cross of Calvary. God loved even those that were mocking him and scoffing at him and reviling him, treating him with contempt and disdain. He loved them and even wanted to save them. That's why his cry and prayer to God from the cross of Calvary was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He offered forgiveness in the midst of his suffering and torment. In the midst of their scoffing and disdain, contempt, he offered forgiveness to them as they mocked him. Well, the last days speaks of the days from the coming, the first coming of Christ leading up to his second coming and beyond. Look with me to Acts 2 and verse 14. You know, sometimes we confuse the last days with just the, the second coming of Christ and beyond. But the last days began with the first coming of Christ. In Acts chapter 2, and let's look, if you will, to verse 14. Acts 2, and uh, looking at verse 14. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all the uh, ...that dwell at Jerusalem. Be uh, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose. Now God has poured out His Holy Spirit. He has empowered the church in Jerusalem. Uh, God's given them the gift by the power of God to speak in known languages, speak in tongues or known languages to those Jews that had come from all over the world... ...to worship the Lord on on the Feast of Pentecost. God is pouring out His Spirit, empowering them... And then Paul or Peter's giving an explanation to them because without doubt there would be those who would scoff at what was going on. He says, for these, verse 15, are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it as but the third hour of the day. And let me say this, he wasn't doing like the modern charismatic movement today where they do this nonsensical jibber-jabberish nonsense that means nothing and they're saying nothing. They're not speaking in a heavenly language. They're making fools of themselves in a mockery of those that had truly, and by the power of God, had spoken in tongues or languages. Amen? Let's see, that's not what's going on here. Even though what's going on has been misused in the past. He says in verse 16, but this is that which, this, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I didn't know Joel was a prophet. Amen. <clears throat> And it shall come to pass, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids will I pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs of the earth beneath, blood and fire and so forth. But he's talking about in the last days. And folks, that is at the day of Pentecost, after Christ has been crucified, risen from the dead. And uh, folks, we mark the beginning of the last days with the coming of Christ and His sacrifice. It's not just the the second coming of Christ and beyond, but since He's come the first time, we're moving, if you will, in the last days. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 1. I'm sorry, Hebrews 1. Beginning in verse 1. It's a good thing I didn't follow my notes. I wrote down the wrong reference. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. Hebrews 1 and uh, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, in time past spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, Okay, what's going on? He's speaking of the Son of God who was alive and well before this time of the writing of Hebrews, uh, uh, long before the writing of Hebrews. It says, "...the last days, spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty and high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. So Christ, if you will, begins the marking the beginning, if you will, of the last days. Look with me to Isaiah 2. Isaiah chapter two, excuse me. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter two will begin at verse one. Isaiah two, beginning in uh, verse one. <clears throat> Here, the Bible says that the word that Isaiah the son of Amos uh, wrote uh, saw concerning Jude and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into the night. He's speaking of the millennial reign of Christ as being a part of the, those things that happen during the last days. And he says, And many people shall go and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the, of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us... <clears throat> of his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of zion shall go forth the law and the word of the lord from jerusalem and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks a nation shall not lift up sword against any uh, against nation neither shall they learn war any more. O house of jacob come ye and let us walk in the light of the lord and he's speaking of the The millennial reign of Christ which will be a thousand year reign it will be a reign of peace a reign of peace you know there'll be no more war as long as Christ rules and reigns on this earth as the prince and king if you will of peace and then will finally come uh, the final battle the battle of the uh, of Armageddon but you know what folks we're talking about the last uh, day so if we look back to our text this morning in 2 Peter chapter 3, let's consider uh, some things that are, uh, and the scoffers as uh, they are spoken of uh, in the scripture. 2 Peter 3 and uh, beginning in uh, verse 3. 2 Peter 3 beginning in uh, verse 3. Here the Bible says, knowing this first, and folks, it wasn't that they didn't know. Peter was very concerned that, that uh, though they did know, that they'd not forget, that they would, if you will, remember, as he spoke of in uh, verse 1, knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. And they're marked uh, by two particular <clears throat> things here. First of all, scoff, in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lust, walking after their own lust. This means. Uh, uh, this phrase, walking after their own lust" means living in the free indulgence of their sensual appetites. It means they follow the devices and desires of their own hearts and carnal affections, not the dictates and directions of right reason and enlightened, well-informed judgment. They live as they please in constant opposition to God and His Word. And we're already seeing what looks like some of that kind of behavior more and more, the Word of God is derided in the God of the Word, and Christians are being uh, uh, treated as if they're somehow second-class uh, citizens, even ignorant people. You know, I've had people treat me at times, ah, I'm not saying I'm the brightest bulb in the pack. Get me, okay? But you know what, folks? Just because I'm a Christian doesn't make me stupid. Amen. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord, that is the beginning of wisdom. And to fear God is to come to God by grace through faith in Christ and trust Him as your Lord and Savior. And folks, go on to, to live a life in devotion and love for the Lord. Amen? Basking in the love of God, rejoicing in His love. And yet many are, are refer, you know, many would uh, treat us as Christian people as if we're fools. Paul said in one place, he said uh, the, the Corinthian believers were treating him, he says, we're fools for Christ's sake meaning they were treated that way by those that would scoff at uh, Christianity. But they walk after their own lusts. You know why? Because they have little or no regard at all for God. You know, I think it's, it would be a sad thing for the God-fearing men that established this nation to see the direction this nation is taking because of the scoffers that have come to being in this nation men who are scoffing at the constitution and the declaration of independence and our if you will our 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 founding and what have you now let me say this i'm not sure that every one of the founders was a genuine christian but most of them at the least were god-fearing people that held the word of god in high esteem And as a matter of fact, the laws we have uh, were brought into being by men that believe the Word of God and use the Word of God as a guide to them helping to make just laws. Amen. And yet we have a move in our nation to somehow treat those men as if they they were so insignificant. To treat our Constitution, which is, you know, folks, we're a republic, not a democracy. We're not of the rule of the people, but rather the rule of law. Amen. We were founded as a republic, the rule of law, not the rule of every man's whim. I mean, now today we cater, we cater to the minority that don't like the fact that somebody speaks out against their iniquity, their ungodliness, their sin. God, you know what? God fearing men gave us the freedom as Americans to proclaim the truth of God's word even if it hurts. Amen? Bible says righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. What, what exalted our nation to be the nation it has become? or at least was, was the righteousness of the Word of God the truth of God's laws that were sown within our our fiber. Jeremiah 17. But the scoffers have a problem. Jeremiah 17 and 9. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. Now we got off Facebook. We no longer are on Facebook So that I could tell the truth and get away with it. (laughs) You know what? We got off of Facebook because I don't want to listen to a bunch of scoffers deriding what we have to say. Now they may do it anyway. But I tell you what, I'm not going to support anything that has to do with that. Amen. Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He's talking about the heart of men. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins to even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You know, God knows the heart of men and it is God himself that is testifying of the heart of men and particularly the heart of the scoffers. And let me say this, but for the grace of God, any one of us in this room could be a scoffer. I remember before I was saved, there were times I scoffed and ridiculed Christian people. I did, to my shame until God revealed to me my need of Christ. And I went from a scoffer to one who finally realized, you know what, I've got a problem. Not the Christians. I have a problem. I needed Christ. Proverbs 4 and 23. Proverbs 4 and 23. Proverbs 4 and 23. The Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, folks, all of what comes out of, if you will, comes out to bear into our life, comes often from our heart. The Bible says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And sometimes, folks, we we betray our own foolishness, our own sinfulness by what comes out of our mouth, and sometimes by what comes out of our life. You know, the scoffer has an evil heart, a wicked heart, a heart that is not... Uh, submitted to God or His Word. As a matter of fact, they're in opposition to it in Matthew 15. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 15. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. It's talking about the parable of the tares. But he says here, uh, verse 16, and Jesus said, Are you also uh, yet without understanding? Do you not under, yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart, okay, here's the nature of sin and the scoffer. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Now the, the the religious leadership was saying, you know what, what's wrong with your disciples? They washed out their hands before they eat bread. That, well, that was huge, right? Mom, and, mom used to say when you were a kid, wash your hands before you eat, before you come to the table, amen? Huge! I mean, mom would go into a tirade if you didn't wash your hands before you ate your food. My mom never did much of that. She was glad when we washed anything. <laughs> <laughs> Took a shower, whatever. But the reality is, is that they made a, a huge issue out of something that wasn't an issue. The real issue was the, was the uncleanness of their own heart. And folks, the scoffer is walking after the uncleanness of his own heart, if you will, the lust of his own heart, the lust of his flesh. In 2 Peter 2, look there with me, 2 Peter chapter 2 and we'll begin in verse 10, 2 Peter chapter 2, and we'll begin in verse 10. <clears throat> well, will start in verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they self-will they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the lord but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart have they used, have they exercised with covetous practices, uh, cursed children which have forsaken the right way and so forth. I mean, here we see a people that are walking after their own lust. They're concerned more with what they can get from people, how they can deceive people, how they can rob people, how they can use people. And let me say this, you know, at our southern border, <clears throat> it's a porous border now. People are streaming into this country and people from all kinds of evil and godly backgrounds and we're going to see a greater increase in the ungodliness, the human trafficking and the drug abuse and so forth because we're not taking uh, taking the, the whole matter seriously. The scoffers are those that that uh, not that they don't know better; they know better, but they, in the face of what's right, they're living an ungodly, wicked life in mockery against that which is right. If you will, Jude, verse fourteen. Jude, verse fourteen. Say, preacher, you're being political. No, I'm being practical. Amen. Jude, verse 14. I was going to say chapter. It's only one chapter. Jude, verse 14. Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him these are murmurs and complainers walking after their own lust, and uh, their mouths speaking great swelling words having men's person and admiration because of advantage my beloved remember the words which were spoken before the apostles of our lord jesus christ how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust over and over again he talks about the ungodly those who are opposed to god those who are opposed to God's word, those who are opposed to the morality of God. You know what, folks? I'm always reminded by the Lord that as for God, His way is perfect in everything. Not in just the things we decide, but rather in everything. And God is not for the ungodly mockers walking after their own lust. but it is an indication of the days in which we live and that they've been and always will continue to be. Not only that in Second uh, Peter chapter three this morning, look with me there. Second Peter chapter three. You say are there are, are a lot of people in America for gender re reidentification? No. Are most Americans for it? No. There is a small majority of scoffers that are trying to cram this thing down everybody else's throat and trying to pervert the generations that are coming up. It's sad, but it is the way it is. And Second, uh, excuse me, second Peter 3 and look at verse 5. Second Peter 3 and verse 5. Not only are they walking after their own lust, but verse 5, for this they are willingly ignorant of. "...that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly And the second thing that marks these scoffers is not only that they're walking after their own lust, but they're willingly ignorant. Now you know what? <clears throat> We should never glorify ignorance. But these are willingly, this phrase means that is that they are willingly deny and reject what the Word of God had to say, particularly concerning two things. And we'll get to those two things in a moment. Look with me to Proverbs 17 and 16. Proverbs 17 and verse 16 Proverbs 17 and verse 16, it's sad to say that our current president is for strengthening abortion in America. Folks, there is no law that guarantees a woman the right to an abortion. It was a judicial precedent, and they were wrong for doing so. They, they, you know what? They misjudged a law and gave people the, the freedom, so-called freedom, to commit murder. In Proverbs seventeen and verse sixteen, the Bible says, Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it. You know, the fool, the scoffer could care less about the wisdom of God and the word of God or the God of the wisdom. Amen, if you will, John three. John three, beginning in verse sixteen. John three, and beginning in verse sixteen. That light has come into the world, meaning Christ and the gospel, the light of the gospel of Christ has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now you know what, folks? <clears throat> the scorner, the scoffer, is one who's in darkness and they love their darkness. That's why they scoff at anything to do with God or God's morality or God's plan or anything to do with God, period. And it's going on. It has gone on in times past. It's going on right now in America. And I'll tell you something. I'm thankful to be an American still. But I am not thankful for the sin of America. Our sin is gross and rampant. The sin of abortion, the sin of sodomy, the sin of uh, of adultery, the sin of fornication. I mean, young people are living in sin together. It's called fornication by God. Uh, they're living, cohabiting together, living as if they were married without the covenant of marriage. And it's sin. What about the adultery of, of people who are who are having illicit relationships against their spouse, and sometimes, folks, they're, 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 they're getting divorced and remarried, which is adultery. God hasn't changed on these things, folks. God hasn't changed, but men have. Men have scorned the truth of God's word in order to have their own way. And it's sad. They're willingly ignorant. You know, it's not like people don't know. You know, it took a long time in this country. You know, it used to be there were laws in this country that, that banned uh, 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 divorce or remarriage. It wasn't until the 19th century, early 19th century, when they began to allow divorce. You'd have to go to Reno, become a, a citizen there to get a divorce. That was the only place for a long time in America we could get a divorce. There used to be laws on the books, and there's still laws on some of the books that are not enforced against against sodomy or homosexuality, against cohabiting or or fornication, and on and on the list goes. Where did they get those ideas? They got them from God. But now we've begun to scorn the wisdom of God as if we know better than God. When has man ever known better than God how we ought to live and what we ought to do? Never, never have we. (coughs) If you will, 2 Thessalonians 2 2 Thessalonians 2. <clears throat> Let's begin in verse 7. It says here, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed from, uh, revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness there are those who are scorners and mockers that live today who have rejected the gospel of christ and when the lord comes in his second coming they will be left behind they will be leave alive because they were willingly ignorant they rejected the truth of the gospel that they might be saved folks you need to be careful about what you've done with the gospel what you're doing with it The gospel is how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Christ died for you. And you're only going to go to heaven by the grace of God. By faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, they're willingly ignorant of a couple things. Looking back to 2 Peter 3. There's two things I want to touch on. That they're willingly ignorant of. Beginning in verse 4, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. First of all, if you will, they are ignorant, if you will, of His coming. Verse 4, Where is the promise of His coming? Now, the Lord made that promise a long, long time ago. A long, long time ago. For us, Jesus spoke of it plainly over 2,000 years ago. And you know, sometimes when, when we have to wait for something, men begin to doubt as to whether it's going to come to pass. You know, when, when you have a, a project planned and someone can't make it and they can't make it and they can't make it, you begin to wonder, are they ever going to make it? Are we ever going to get it done? Well, the Lord made promise, but you know what, folks? Uh, God views time differently than we we do. He's made a promise, and if he's made a promise, it will surely come to pass. Look with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And let's look at verse 9. Ecclesiastes... Chapter 1. And we'll look at verse 9. Get there myself. (laughs) Here the, the Bible says The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything uh, whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of the former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of the things that are to come with those that shall come after. In one sense, he is speaking of the fact that, you know what, people don't want to believe that Christ is coming again. Though it's been said, though it's been promised, They say, well, you know what, there's nothing new. This isn't going to happen. I mean, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. But is that true? No. No, it's not true. And yet people want to believe that that's true. They want to, if you will, be ignorant of some things. Because, you know what, folks, if they have to admit in their heart that Christ's coming is going to happen, then they need to be prepared for it. They need to do something with that knowledge. Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And look at verse 32. Matthew 24. And let's look at verse 32. Bible says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when its branches yet tender... Matthew 24, did I say 23 or 24? Matthew 24 and 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that, that uh, summer is nigh. Has anybody noticed that fall is nigh? Amen. You know, we don't, uh, we don't have a lot of trees, but the, the few trees we do have that have had leaves, don't have them anymore, they've turned yellow and turned loose. Amen. We know that it's, it's fall. <laughs> Um, So likewise, verse 33, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God is saying, listen, my word's true and it's not, listen, it's not going to pass away. It's not going to fail But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Folks, only God knows when he's coming. Amen. Does it mean he's not coming because he hasn't come already? Now, you know, sometimes when you have someone say, I'm coming to visit you. ever had somebody say, I'm coming to visit you. And you ask them, so when are you leaving? Cricket, cricket, silence. You begin to wonder When are they coming? Are they coming? And they don't tell you. And all of a sudden, someone's knocking at your door, and there they are. Don't you just love that when that happens? No! (laughs) No. But folks, we don't know when the Lord's coming. He hasn't told us. But you know what? One of these days, the Lord's going to blow the trumpet, and he's going to come. And if you're saved, you're going to go with him but we don't know when that day will happen when it will come when he himself will come uh, he says here <clears throat> verse 34 verily I say unto you the gen- this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away but of that day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only folks god knows when he's coming and you know what we get upset, we get fretful, we begin to worry. We say, you know what? It looks like he's coming. I'll be honest with you. The way things are going today, it looks to me like the Lord is coming and his coming is near. Amen? But you know, many have thought that in times past. I want to believe it's near. I want to believe it's near. You know what? What a blessing it would be to go home not through the valley of the shadow of death, but at the call of the God of heaven with the trumpet. Amen. Now, are we going to hear a trumpet? Well, the Bible says the trumpet shall sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. There's going to be a trumpet that blows and we're going to be gone. That quick. And you know what? If it happens during the service, would somebody get my Bible for me? And and finish the air conditioner issue. Because I'm not going to be, I won't even be here to supervise. Amen. Will you? Will you? Revelation 22, verses 6 and 7. I could torment some, but I won't. You know, the, the evil things I think about when I'm preaching. You know what it is, is I love to tease people. But sometimes I got to read it in. Amen. Revelation 22, let's look at verse 6. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. Well, what sayings? Now he's speaking, maybe he's speaking of the book of the Revelation, but look up here for a moment. These sayings are faithful and true. From Genesis to Revelation, these sayings are faithful and true and true. Now let's read on. <clears throat> and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Okay. Now the book of the Revelation was finished about 2,000 years ago or more. God uses the term shortly. When I think of shortly I'm thinking of a couple of days. Shortly. Shortly. Or sooner. <clears throat> Verse 7, behold, he says, I come quickly. <clears throat> Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. He says, I'm coming shortly, and I'm coming quickly. <clears throat> Makes me wonder, what kind of car is he driving? <laughs> is he driving a Vega? The engine's about dead, and he's, <clears throat>. I say, preacher, you're being silly. Well, a little bit. He says, shortly and quickly. Look, if you will, to Second Peter 3 again. <clears throat> and look at verse 18. Excuse me, verse 8. 2 Peter 3 and 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is, is with the Lord as a thousand years... And a thousand years is one day. Now, let's plug that into what we're thinking about here. Jesus said, I come quickly, shortly. Okay, two days have passed. Since the Lord said, I'm coming. Two days, maybe a little over two days. When is he coming? Where is the promise of his coming? Folks, God has promised, we're in a hurry. Amen? We're in a hurry. Okay? Two days for God. 2,000 years for you and I. And then some. But the Lord says, I'm coming. I'm coming quickly, shortly. Titus 1 and 2. Titus 1 and 2. Bible says here plainly in Titus 1 and 2 in hope of eternal life which God that what cannot lie promised before the world began. Where is the promise of his coming? Okay, God has promised us eternal life if we'll repent and believe the gospel. It's a promise of God. Now you know what? To be saved you're going to have to believe God's word. You're going to have to take God's word. You're going to have to believe the promise of God. To be saved. The Lord is coming. If you're going to go home to be with the Lord and not be discouraged at how long it seems to be taking, even when he says shortly and quickly, we're going to have to believe God. The problem is, is the scoffers do not believe God. They do not believe in the second coming of Christ. They, They want to believe that everything's been the same as it's always been. And it will always be the same as it's always been. But they're deceiving themselves. They do not believe in the second coming. They're ignorant of the second coming. That means they're willingly ignorant. They, want, they don't want to believe. And secondly, if you look back to Second Peter 3. And verses 5 through 7. For this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Okay. <clears throat> it says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved in the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now, they're ignorant not only of His second coming, but they're ignorant, willingly ignorant, of His coming judgment of his coming judgment now they said earlier where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning really there's a few things that have happened major things that have happened to the world the the first and foremost of which is the is the flood of god's judgment and they're denying it and peter's reminding them reminding these christians that when men scoff at the judgment of god let's remember Let's remember Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. And let me say to you, I will shortly be done with this message. But I'm not God. Who knows? Amen. Genesis 6 and let's look at verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved them in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Folks, in the midst of, of this ungodly world, God is pronouncing judgment upon it. And in the midst of all of that, there's still grace. There's still grace available. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Folks, grace was available even for those that God would judge. And yet they did not want to believe in the judgment of God. Second Peter two. 2 Peter chapter two. And let's look at verse four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah. Now watch what God says of Noah. That's very important. But and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Uh, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, Noah spent about 100, 120 years building the ark. During that time, now we don't know if he hired contractors back then, I don't know. <laughs> he was commanded of God to build an ark, huge built building. Built the ark. While he was building, he was preaching. He was preaching with his life and with his lips. He was preaching the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of the coming judgment of God. You know, in the Old Testament, folks, they look forward to the Christ to come. We look backward. He was preaching to them how the, about Jesus Christ and how they could find grace and mercy by faith in him. And could there, therein very well escape the judgment of the flood, if you will, Matthew 24 again Matthew 24 and look at verse 37 Matthew 24 and verse 37 Matthew 24 and 37 now folks the scoffer said you know where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation they're willingly ignorant of what? The judgment of God but as the days of Noah were verse 37 of uh, Matthew 24 but as of the da- as the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be for as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the son of man be then shall two be in the field the one shall be taken and the other left Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Folks, just as God's coming judgment, and and you know what? Noah preached about it. You know, folks, God never suddenly destroys anyone without first sending someone to preach to them of the goodness and love and mercy and grace of God. God gave them over an entire generation, 120 people, 120 years to hear the gospel, to know of the grace of God. And you know what? They said, whatever, whatever. Oh, a flood. Oh, the judgment of God. Right, Noah. Oh, what is that you're building? An ark. Got it, Noah. Noah. For all they, You know what, folks? For all they thought, Noah was a crackpot. And they scoffed at the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and missed receiving the grace of God by faith in him and faced then the coming judgment of God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's very important that you don't scoff at the judgment of God. You say, well, you know what? Yeah, the Lord said he's coming, that's been a, a couple of thousand years ago. Yeah, sure. You know what's going to happen after Christ comes? He's going to deliver his people. And then he's going to begin to pour out judgment upon this world. You know, in Noah's day, they scoffed at Noah until God said, Okay, Noah, bring the family into the ark. They wouldn't the Bible says he shut the door. God shut the door, and I'll tell you what, they were in perfect safety perfect safety the rest of the world outside it began to rain and can you imagine the surprise on the faces of those that had heard noah talk about rain and a flood and judgment suddenly realizing wait a second we've been making fun of noah bang 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 let us in let us in you know what there was not an internal handle for noah to open the door God shut the door. God shut him in. The only way in was through God. The only way in was through God. You know, there are going to be many people shut out of heaven one day because they scoffed at Jesus Christ. There's going to be many that face the judgment of God because they scoffed at the gospel of God. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Verses 6 and 7, Hebrews 11, verses 6 and 7. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Eight people out of who knows how many millions of people were saved by God through an ark. You know, Christ is the ark of God. By putting our faith and trust in Christ, we enter into grace, we have hope, and when the final judgment of God comes, Will not be partakers of it. You know, just the Bible says, as the waters lifted up the ark. It was the ark that saved, not the waters, the waters, whether it be the waters of baptism or what have you. The water lifted up the one who saved. Jesus Christ is the ark, the only salvation for those. And folks, it could have been even for those that scoffed at the Lord. Luke 16. I hope your lunch is not on the stove. Say, do you really care, preacher? I don't know. Luke 16, look at verse 19. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And Let me remind you of something. This is not a parable. This is not a parable. <clears throat> and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him, or or, uh, if you will, Lazarus, uh, sent into my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, he's talking about the word of God, let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. Let me say this, folks. When a man dies and goes to hell, he will never come out until the white throne judgment of God in Revelation 20. No, he said, send Lazarus. Maybe there's hope to send Lazarus back, one who would rise from the dead, one who would, knows God to go home and tell uh, my family that Jesus is mighty to save. And the Lord said, you know what? The most important thing here is what the Bible has to say. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God not by somebody's book or not by some grand experience but by what God simply tells us is true in his word amen revelation 6 and verse 1 revelation 6 and 1 i've heard i've Heard of people who have written books. They died and went to heaven and came back and tell us about it. God's given us a book already. And he didn't say that he would use that kind of method to get our attention. He said he would use his word. Are we willing to listen to God's word? Amen. Revelation 6 and 1. And I saw the lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard as it were the noise of thunder and of the four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw and beheld a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown, was given unto him, and he went forth to con- uh, conquer and to conquer. Now this is talking about the sealed judgments of God. I'll tell you something, folks. The Bible is filled in the book of the Revelation with the judgment of God. And you know what? People are, are, they, they are fearful even to read this book. But... They scoff at it. They make fun of it. They deride it. And they make fun of us who preach it. What a foolish thing to do. The judgment of God is coming. After Christ comes the second time to take his people off the earth, he's going to expose the the antichrist for a fraud and the judgment of God will begin to be poured out upon a Christ-rejecting world. Now, there will be some saved in the midst of it but most will be judged because of it. Revelation 20 Revelation 20:11 20, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books at that judgment there'll be the word of god the book of life and the record of your sin because folks every transgression and disobedience shall receive a just recompense of reward three books god's word the book of life and the record of your sin this is the judgment of the unsaved <clears throat> and the books were open another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death and whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Folks, the only time men will come out of hell will be to face the final judgment of the lamb and you know what? When they come, they will be judged though they've scoffed at the judgment of God. Though they've scoffed. If you will, 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter 3, and verses 10 through 14. <clears throat> <clears throat> but the day of the Lord, 2 Peter 3 and 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a f- great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, the earth also and the works there- therein shall be burned up. Now, you know, this is global warming. This is real global warming. Okay? The other global warming is a farce. It's a lie. This is real global warming, the judgment of God. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening into the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we according to his promise. Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Now, you know what, folks? After the great white throne judgment of God, God is going to be done with this world. He's going to destroy it all. It's going to burn up with fire and it's going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Revelation 21 talks about the new heaven and new earth. Amen. No more judgment. No more judgment. Nothing but grace and mercy forever and forever. But you know, the scoffers don't want to believe this. They don't want to believe in a second coming. They don't want to believe in the judgment of God. But folks, whether they believe it or not does not determine whether it's true or not. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say this. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's stupid. That's stupid. You used the word stupid, and you did it in church. Amen. God said it. That settles it. Romans chapter 3. Look at verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. You know what, folks? God said it. That settles it. Period. You know, a lot of people You know what? The major do you realize the majority of people, the majority of people will not believe God's word. They'll reject God. They'll face the judgment of God. And you know what? We could say, well, isn't the majority right? Are they? Are they? You know, Christians have always been in in a minority. Not in heaven but on this earth. And the truth of God's word has always been scoffed at, ridiculed, made fun of. But you know what, folks? That doesn't change the truth of it. The Lord is coming. The judgment of God is coming. The thing that you need to ask yourself this question this morning is, are you prepared? Are you prepared for his coming? Are you saved by the grace of God? Do you truly know the Lord? Has there been a day in your life called the day of salvation when God showed you you were lost in sin and called you to repent, to turn from your sin and trust Christ, believe the gospel of Christ? When was the day you were saved by the grace of God? I didn't say when you decided to start believing. I'm talking about when did you, uh, as the Bible says, with the heart man believeth in the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. When did you call upon the Lord? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in Luke 18, the Bible says uh, that the publican would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. a sinner." Oh! When were you saved? Born again by the Spirit of God. The Lord is coming. And I don't care who scoffs at it. I don't care who believes in it. Whether you believe in it or not doesn't make it true. If you choose not to believe in it, you're just going to suffer the consequences of it. You're going to find out that God is true and every man is a liar. Amen. But God loves you and doesn't want to have to judge you. That's why Christ came and died for you. Are you saved? Are you prepared for His coming? If not, you can be. Amen. It's not too late to repent and believe the gospel. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, Or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.